Hey friends, welcome back to your Good Life Now podcast. I am Frankie Martinez, and I want to thank you for listening to this podcast and sharing it with your friends, the episodes that really encourage and inspire you to help spread the word about your Good Life Now podcast. I'm so grateful for you listening and hearing the great news that it is inspiring and encouraging your life. Well, I am so excited about today's topic because last week we talked about your compelling vision. And if you haven't heard that message, I really encourage you to go back and listen to it because it'll help encourage you on how to get a compelling vision for your life. Well, we're going to kind of continue along that path because there's so much that God's been putting in my heart about vision. And uh, so we might stay here for a couple weeks to really drive this home and just listen to what God's speaking to us about the vision for our life. I want to start by talking about this funny commercial I saw. I was watching the football game um, last week, and during the football game, there was a funny iPhone commercial, and it had two detectives sitting in a car, and (laughs) the camera was focused on the driver, and then the passenger, which is another detective, he was kind of blurry, and it was really funny because the the passenger talks to the detective in the driver's seat, and the guy says, "Am I out of focus?" And the guy goes, "What?" He goes, "Look at me, I'm I'm all blurry." <laughs> and then the the driver, which the camera is focused on, says, "It's because you're supporting cast, and the camera focuses on the most important character, which is me." And so the the blurry guy says, well, what if my character had a big reveal? Like, maybe I'm the killer. And then the, the driver says, well, are you? And then the the blurry guy passenger in the passenger seat says, yes. So then the camera focuses on him and it gets clear on him. And now the driver's blurry <laughs> because now he's the main character. But then, then the guy, the passenger says, no, no. I could have been, though. I, I could have been the killer. And then so, of course, the camera focuses back on the driver. I thought it was funny because you do see that in a lot of commercials and, and movies where the camera is focused on the most important character and the side guy, at the moment at least, is blurry. And then It's just funny to see the blurry guy talk about how he's blurry and all that. But what I loved about that is it just really shows you how just like the camera in life, we focus on the most important character or the most important topic or thing in our life. And the rest becomes blurry. What we focus on becomes clear and the rest blurry. And so that's so important when it comes to vision, because when it comes to a compelling vision for your life, it's more than just getting a vision. It's working out the vision, living out the vision and allowing that vision to become a reality in your life. And in order to do that, we need to focus on our vision. But here's the key. In order to focus, we need to use our imagination. Now, I honestly believe that imagination, the power of imagination, the use of imagination may be the missing link for so many, specifically Christians. And because a lot of times with Christians, I don't know how you grew up or what, but when I grew up, it was like, Imagination was almost like a, no, don't do that. You're tapping into, you know, spirit world and, and or, or all these kinds of things. And I think, honestly, it's because of what we've seen uh, through movies and even in real life through the negative side of imagining and meditation, new age beliefs and even demonic seances and all this stuff. You see people 
meditating and tapping into the spirit world or do things. So that gives it a bad rap or Christians go the opposite route and say, well, let's just avoid that completely. But you got to understand that the devil is not a creator. He's a distorter. So he cannot create anything. He just distorts what God already creates. What I'm saying with that is meditation originated from God. Meditation is something that God originated and created imagination and visualizing is something that God created and the devil simply distorts it to use it for evil purposes. But if you look in the Bible, what does the Bible say? It says God says meditate on the word day and night. So there's a difference there. There's two different ways. The distorted way is to meditate, to block out your mind and just go in some kind of trance or or something like that. But in God's way, he's saying meditate and think on the word. Think on uh, good things. Think on uh, what the Bible says about you and me and all these things. So there's two different things here. And you, we got to not, like they say, throw out the baby with the bathwater, you know, just because the devil is perverting a side of meditation and visualization, that doesn't mean that it didn't originate with God and there's a good way. And I think the enemy actually uses that distorted view of meditation, visualization, and imagination to keep us from tapping into the real power of where God is in those things. Because if you look throughout the Bible, God says to meditate on the word, to think on these things. God speaks so many times about our imagination. I mean, look at the verse that I have declared, the verse of over our year. And it says in Ephesians 3.20, it says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. So this verse says that God is able to do more than all we ask or imagine. So we don't really have a problem asking. We are very good at asking God for stuff, very good at saying, God, help me. God, I need this. God, can you please? God, can you do this? God, can you do that? And so his power is working within us to ask, which is important. You need to ask. Asking in and of itself, I believe, reveals faith. So that's a great thing because you wouldn't ask God for something you don't believe he can do in your life. So asking is huge and it's important. But the verse says that God can do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. So imagination is a huge part of it as well. So my question to you is this. I know you're asking God for things, but what are you imagining God doing in your life? What are you imagining God doing in your life? You see, the word imagine actually has the word image right there in it. Imagine. Uh, the definition, I love reading definitions of any word I'm studying because it just really broadens your perspective and gives you a greater insight into what we're talking about. So here, I looked up the word imagine just in the normal dictionary, and the word imagine means to form a mental image of something that's not present. To form a to see something, to form a mental image of something that's not there that you can't touch yet. To believe it means to believe without evidence or sufficient basis. It's an image or representation of something that's formed in your mind. It means to visualize. So the work of imagination is forming an image in your mind and visualizing God doing something in your life. Now, I'm telling you, this is so critical because we got to understand this may be the missing link in your life. 
we ask God for a lot of things, but what are you imagining? What are you? And look at that verse. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm getting so much revelation on this verse. I need to share it with you because I believe it's going to empower my life even more and even yours. It says that he can do more than you can imagine according to his power at work within us. So God's power wants to work within us to ask, and his power wants to work within us to imagine, to form a mental image, to visualize him doing something in your life. Now, why is this so important? Because we got to understand there are two worlds, the physical world and the spiritual world. There's two. We have a body and a soul. You know, the word death, It literally means separation. It does not mean cease to exist. So when somebody dies, they don't stop existing. Literally, they are just separated from their body. So you don't cease to exist. You are separated from your body. The word death means separation, not cease to exist. Why is this important? Because it shows you and it proves that there are two worlds that we are living in. There are two worlds going on here. There's a physical world and a spiritual world. The Bible also says, for God is a spirit. John 4, 24, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. See, I think the devil wants to distract us so much from the spiritual world that he gets us so focused on the physical world, on the earthly world, that we neglect or don't even tap into the spirit world that we are a part of because we are spirit and body. Okay, we, we are part of both at the same time. If the enemy, if the devil can distract us from the spiritual world by focusing on the earthly world, we're constantly being told that what's important and what matters most in life is status, possessions, and appearance. And if we focus on that, we will simply lose sight of the spirit world. It's so important that we don't lose sight of the spiritual world because our true satisfaction, our true fulfillment comes not from physical things that we attain or achieve. We've talked about that so much on this podcast. It's one of my core beliefs is that, you know, you see so many celebrities reach status and achieve so many things that many people are striving for, and yet they kill themselves because it wasn't fulfilling because the physical world will not fulfill you. It cannot fulfill you. What will fulfill you is fulfillment in the spirit world. Through the spirit world, when you tap into God and realize how much he loves you, how much, how real he is and how much he wants to be a part of your life, that's where true fulfillment and satisfaction comes from. God wants us to use our imagination because our imagination is tapping into the realm where God speaks. The imagination is literally God's language. I mean, think about it. Have you ever been in a tough situation, a a dilemma where you're thinking of a solution and all of a sudden you get this bright idea? I mean, the solution just pops right in your head. That is literally God speaking to you through your imagination. He just gives you an idea. I've, I've experienced it multiple times, and I'm sure you have too, because it's when you're in that tough situation, his power is working in you to imagine, to create this solution, this idea. this. And I see it through multiple times in my life when I'm searching for a solution, and then I get this bright idea. I, I see it laid out, and I'm like, wow, this is it. And it's, it's actually God speaking to you through your imagination in the spirit world, and that's so powerful. So the first thing, and we're going to talk much more about this because I believe it's such a big key that is missing in the life of specifically Christians to use your imagination. God wants you to use your imagination to see, 
things that aren't as though they are. That's what the Bible says, that God is the God who sees things that aren't as though they are. God uses his imagination. He used it to create the world and to create you. And you can use your imagination as well to create what God is dropping in your heart and your spirit to create the life that God has for you and to create the purposes that God has for you. So how can we use our imagination? The first is to imagine your compelling vision. So now that we got this compelling vision for our life, we need to imagine it. Use that muscle because when you imagine it, God says he wants to work within you to imagine your vision so that he can do it exceedingly and abundantly, bring it to pass. He's telling you what he needs. I need you to ask and I need your imagination. Give me these two materials and I will create a miracle in your life. Do you want a miracle in your life? Do you want to see God move in your life miraculously? Then give him the materials he needs to build what he's trying to build in your life. He needs you to ask and he needs your imagination. So check out this verse in the book of Habakkuk in the Old Testament. Chapter 2, verse 2, it says, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision." The first thing is when you have your compelling vision, you need to write it down. Write it down and post it somewhere you can see it. Put it on a screensaver on your phone. Put it on the mirror where you brush your teeth. I don't know. You got to write that vision down so you can see it. Why? Because every time you see it, it's going to remind you about it. When you see the words, you imagine it. Isn't that the beauty of reading a book, reading a story? Like I've read books and if you're a reader, I'm sure you've experienced this too, because so many readers I know like read a book and then watch the movie they make off the book. And what is the first thing everyone says? Oh, the book was better. The book was better. Well, you're saying that a book of pages with letters is better than a, a movie with actual people and productions and sounds and everything. How is that possible? Because when you read a book, you are using your imagination. And isn't that so true that when, when you read a book and then see the movie, you're like, oh, I didn't picture them looking like that. What do you mean you didn't picture them? It means you were using your imagination. You used your imagination to see a character. So I'm telling you, Christians, do not be afraid. Whatever you were told about using imagination being wrong, throw it out the window because it is biblical, it is godly, and you're using it every day. The devil is just afraid of you using it for the purposes of God. So he don't mind if you read a little book and a little novel and imagine these characters in your mind about this little fake story. But when it comes to your real life, he don't want you to use your imagination because it's power. And so we got to realize that we are using our imagination all the time, every day. But it's time for us to use it intentionally and use it to the purposes of God. So when God says, write the vision down. Write it down, he's saying, so that when you see it, just like you see the words in a book and you imagine the story of this novel, when you see your vision written down, you are going to begin to imagine it. So write it down where you can see it every day so you can imagine this vision. You can imagine what God is doing in your life. And then it's going to tap into your imagination and help you utilize that so you're giving God some material that he can use to work in your life. And look at the rest of this verse. I'll start from the beginning again. Write it down is super important, so I stop there. But it says, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and engrave it so plainly upon tablets that everyone who passes by may be able to read it easily and quickly as he hastens by. So this says write it easily. So even when you're running by or, or walking fast by, 
you can see it quickly. So it should be plain and quick, short and concise, right? But I, what I love is about another translation. It says, write it down that he may run who reads it. Write it down that he may run who reads it. Man, when you read your written down vision, it ought to make you run. It ought to make you run. Now, have you ever been in a mall, walking around in the mall, surrounded by a lot of other people walking around in the mall, and then you see somebody running, running by you, running through the mall? And now you know that that person either forgot their wallet in a store, uh, maybe they're late for their work shift at a store, or they got to go to the bathroom. But one thing is for sure, they are on a mission. They are not running because they're bored. They are running because they've got somewhere to be. They're on purpose, right? And so this is really important to notice because when everyone else around you is walking, but somebody's running, they are on a mission. They're on a purpose. Well, the Bible says write down your vision so you can see your vision because your vision ought to make you run. What that means is your vision should put you on a mission. It should get you focused. Just like that commercial I told you about, when you have your vision and you're written down and you can see it, that thing ought to get the camera to focus on that vision. And everything else around you is blurry. And man, I'm telling you, I've always said for many people, their sin problem is really a purpose problem. What it means is that when you don't have a purpose, you get involved in things that you shouldn't or you mess around. I mean, isn't that what the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 4 or 5? It says, Fools fold their idle hands, leading them to ruin. It's idle hands when you don't have nothing to do. Then you, your life leads to ruin. But when you are on mission, when you are on purpose, you don't got time to mess around with sin. You don't have time to mess around with things that are going to ruin your life because you're running. You're not walking around browsing through the mall. You are running because you are going somewhere. So write down your vision so you can run with purpose and your life will be focused on What's most important, the main character of your life, which is your vision and your purpose. And let the other things be blurry. Amen. All right, so let's get back to the rest of the verse and back at chapter two. I'll just go ahead and start from the top so we could see the whole thing together. It says, then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision, engrave it plainly upon tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. And it hastens to the end. It will not deceive or disappoint. Though it tarry, wait earnestly for it, because it will surely come. It will not be behindhand on its appointed day. Now, don't get discouraged if your vision doesn't come to pass immediately. Because as this verse says, there is an appointed time for your vision. It says, though it tarry, wait for it. Though it may take a little time, wait for it. Because there is a reason for the delay. A delay is not a denial when it comes to the vision and dream and purpose that God has for your life. God says, wait for it because it may take time. And I believe that one of the reasons that God makes us wait is because the waiting changes us. Running after the vision with purpose causes us to focus on what's important. And the more we do that, the more we form new positive habits that changes us into who we really are. 
as a people. You see, God cares more about us than the promise. He cares more about the people than the promise. God cares about you more than anything, and he's trying to form you into who you were truly created to be. But the vision is just something that kind of draws you, you know, it's almost like the, the, the carrot on a stick for the donkey. It's like the guy on the donkey's back uses it to direct him, to lead him so he can go where he needs to go. And so I believe sometimes God gives us a vision, not to ensnare us, but to lead us down the path where he knows is going to be the best for us, where he created us to, to be. He leads us down the path with a vision that just makes us want to run. And so if we keep our eyes on the vision, that vision is the lamp before your feet. It's the light before your path. The Bible says that his word is a light before your path to lead you, to guide you. You see, just like when you're driving your car, your headlights only go a couple feet in front of you. They don't go all the way to your destination. But if you keep following those couple feet in front of you, it'll keep revealing the next couple feet in front of you, the next couple feet in front of you. Pretty soon you're at your destination. So the same thing happens with your vision. When you keep your eyes on the vision, it'll lead you the next couple feet, the next couple feet, the next couple feet. And God uses that vision. You imagining that vision to change our hearts, to change our purpose, to guide our steps, to lead us to the place of fulfillment. So I want to encourage you today to write down the vision that God is putting in your heart for your life. Imagine that vision. Start imagining it. Start visualizing it. Start seeing God come through for you. Can you see it? Can you see God coming through for you? Can you see that? If you cannot see it, then it cannot happen. This is how faith works. The Bible says it so clearly. Faith is the evidence of things not yet seen in the natural. It's when you see it in the spirit first. So write this vision down, imagine it, see it happening, and then run, run, and run, and watch who you become in the process. And you will see God do some amazing, amazing things in your life. So I hope this encourages you and puts a fire in your spirit to run after the vision that God has put in your heart. I'm telling you, there's so many great things that God has for you. And he's speaking to you right now to revive that vision in your spirit, to make it come back alive, to imagine it, to ask and pray and trust, and you will see God do some amazing things in your life. I look forward to talking to you next week as we deep dive into imagination and all these cool things that God is speaking to bring your vision into reality. So God bless you guys. I hope you have an amazing week. And as always, my friends, cheers to your good life. Good life. I'm just living that good, good life. Good, good life. Good, good life.